so this month, uh, we've been talking about the word measure. And when we first, when Peter's first started talking about this, I was sort of a little bit worried. Because at one, like right at the beginning, I was like, what the heck am I going to say about measuring in the Bible? And then the second thought was, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I know too much about measuring. Um, because, interestingly, you all know I'm a researcher, right? Guess what I research? Assessment. Assessment is founded in a thing called measurement theory. So I know a lot about measurement theory. Um, and so today I'm going to just reflect on a couple of things because as, as we've been talking a lot about what God measures, one of the reflections I had is that, you know, we're made in the image of God and if God measures, then we need to measure something. And so I've been thinking about what does God tell us that we should measure? How does God give us advice about our measuring? Um, and I, I think probably I learned everything that I know about, well, probably not everything, but most, every, yeah, I'll say that. Everything I know about measuring, like good measuring, I learned from my parents. This is what my dad told me. Measure twice, cut once. That's what my dad taught me. Measure twice, cut once. That has put me in good stead on a number of occasions when I've been renovating and whatever it would have been would have been very permanent um, and very obvious. And then my mum, she taught me all about measuring when it comes to cooking. This is what she taught me. Number one, she taught me that there are very occasionally recipes where you have to do it exactly, exactly right. And if you don't measure right, you are up a creek. It's not going to be right. Right? There's occasional recipes. But for everything else, you should measure in abundance. Like, when you think about it, it's like it says a cup of whatever... Yeah, well, you see, you do, you put the cup there and you fill the cup until the cup is overflowing and then after a couple of, you know, okay, that's enough. <laughs> it's like when you talk about a pinch of salt, you know what, I thought when I was a kid that a pinch of salt was like however much I could pick up like this, like No, you know what, it works better if you think of a pinch as being however much you can fit in there. That's a pinch. Try it out the next time you, that you cook something. There is either exacting measures and you have to get them right or just measure in abundance. That's it. So those are the three things I learned from my parents. Number one, measure twice, cut once. Number two, just every so often you've got to measure that exactly. But for everything else, be abundant. And I think if you take those three principles and you apply them to what God tells about measuring, you'll find out they're pretty right, that my parents pretty much managed to give me a, a fairly rounded education when it comes to measuring. Because I do believe that we do need to actually be very careful when we are measuring. Um, and I'm going to link this back because when we talk about like assessment, measurement theory, it's a test. It's like a test is really a measure, right? We're trying to measure how much somebody learns. Now, I don't know about you, but once upon a time, actually quite a few times, 
when I was at school, I had the happy knack of this having this experience. Uh, because we used to, when I got to high school, I don't know what it was like in Australia, but at the end of every semester term, which was three times a year, we had three-hour exam for every subject. So, and it was like practice from like year seven through to year 12, because in year 12 they became important. By then I'd done so many three-hour exams, they were like nothing, right? But I had this happy knack of having this happen. So I'm going into a chemistry exam or a biology exam or a whatever exam to find out what I know about chemistry. And I get in there and I discover that all the stuff that I'd been studying, there were no questions on the test. And all the stuff that there were questions about, I didn't think was going to be on the test. It's like, course the teacher thinks what do you reckon the teacher thinks usually they go you did not study I'm like I did study I studied da, 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 and they're like they weren't in the test I said well, I didn't know that <laughs> those were the interesting bits I studied those bits anybody else have an experience like that it's like was that test a measure of what I knew no it didn't measure what I knew because I knew a whole lot. It just, the whole lot that I knew wasn't on the test. I had this problem a lot at school. Once, once I even managed to do this with an assignment. So this was an art class. So in art class, we had to paint a still life. So the teacher, very kindly, set up a bowl, fruit, I think there was a vase, you know, drapery, that sort of stuff in the room, and we were supposed to draw this still life. I submitted my assignment and I failed on account of the fact that I drew the filing cabinet and the broom in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and not the drapes with the bowl and the fruit and the stuff, right? In fact, she said, you get an A for technique, but you fail the assignment because you have not drawn what I asked you to. And I was like, where was I at the moment when you instructed us that this was the only still life in the room that I, we had? <laughs> and I mean, it sounds hilarious, right? But here's the thing. I've realised that in a lot of my life and a lot of, of uh, things, I actually get to measuring um, and... I measure the wrong stuff. In fact, um, Jesus warned us about this in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, uh, starting at verse 31, he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a sheep, shepherd divides his sheep from the goat. And he will set the sheep to his right hand and the goats on the left. I don't know why he had something about the left. I'm a lefty. We're always. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. And we know the story, right, of the sheep and the goats. You see, at that moment, Jesus, God, is measuring. Interestingly, these sheep and goats, they all thought... They were going in the right direction. He wasn't. He's not talking here to the Christians and the non-Christians, right? 
He's talking to the Christians. He's talking to his followers. And some of those followers have measured the right things and ended up in the pile with the sheep and others have been measuring the wrong things in their life and ended up on the wrong side of the end judgment. It's like me and the still life. They've had their attention on the wrong thing. They might have done it out of good intention, whatever they did, but it hasn't... They haven't had what they've been measuring. What they've been measuring has not worked to their benefits. And I think when it comes to measurement, God gives us advice about two things. Number one, what we're measuring. And number two, how we're measuring it. And in in terms of what we're measuring, I believe that God is instructing us very clearly in the scripture that what we need to measure is what is in the spirit, not what's in the natural or in the flesh. You see, as humans, we really like to measure in the flesh. Like when you think about it, so much of what we do is competition where we're effectively measuring something in the natural. We are bigger than, stronger than, faster than, smarter than, prettier than, thinner than. We're constantly (laughs) measuring, right, in the flesh. And then what we do is once we've done that measurement, we then pass judgment. I think the classic one um, where we do this is, you know, when you see a couple and you ask, in your brain, you think this in your head, man, he's punching above his weight. Or alternatively, how did he score a woman that looks like that? You know, the whole notion of, you know, how do three out of tens get ten out of tens? Why have you thought about, you know, it's the classic thing we do. We pass judgment about things. How can they be so thin when they're eating potato chips at the shop, at the cafe? (laughs) But you know what? You know, that tendency, that encouragement that we have in the natural to measure and make a judgment in the natural, in the flesh, we actually do that in church as well. So, we are better prayers, better worshippers, who's fasted the most, prayed the most, read the Bible the most, who's more holy, (laughs) who's more spiritual. We do the exact same thing. We set up these comparisons. We compare. And typically speaking, how the brain, the the human thing works is we we discover ourselves wanting. And then we bash ourselves and we try to discipline ourselves and then it doesn't work and so we bash ourselves a bit more. Anybody? I talk to myself here. Anybody else know this? So the problem is... What we're measuring. You see, God didn't call us to measure in the flesh. God didn't call us to measure in the natural. God didn't call us to measure the things that we can immediately observe. God has called us to measure in the spirit. Now, I've written down Matthew 6, 5 and 16, and I can't even remember why I did. Oh, don't worry about that bit. I've just made that point. Um, (laughs) 
That's the bit where he says, for when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. You know what? Those observable measures of your spirituality. And then there's one about fasting as well. But God is calling us not to measure or test in the natural, but he's asking us to measure in the spirit. What he's looking for is a spirit of discernment, to be able to discern in the spirit realm. You see, measuring, testing, judging, discerning, they all basically serve the same function. To assess the quality or amount of something and to then make a determination as to its quality. In 1 John 4, verses 1 and 2, um, we're encouraged to test the Spirit. If we go there, just really quickly, let's see if... if um, 1 John 4, 1 to 2. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. God's telling us to measure in the Spirit. And he repeats that in several other places. Another place would be 1 Thessalonians 5, um, verses 19 to 21. It says, don't quench the spirit, but prove the spirits. Test them. I mean, that particularly talks about prophecy, but I think also discernment. Um, and then in um, also in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it's listed as one of the you know, gift of the spirit, that discernment of the spirits, that ability to test and measure in the spirit. It's a key critical skill that as Christians we need to establish so that we can make sure that we are measuring the right thing. And I think there's a story in Kings, in 2 Kings, if we just go there very quickly, where um, we see this in action. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, um, this is where the king of Assyria is making war against Israel. And um, we, we have the problem of uh, the, uh, of Elisha he was greatly troubled, and Elisha is in sort of basically trouble over the fact that the Syrians are coming. Therefore, so it start, just picking up in verse 14 and 15, it says, Therefore he sent, he, that's the Syrian king, sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. But when the servant of the man of God arose early, and went out. So this is Elisha's servant goes out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. That'd be the equivalent to tanks nowadays with nuclear missiles pointed at you. And his servant said to him, to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? You see, this servant has walked out and he has taken a measure in the natural realm. He has made an observation. He has seen what is around about him. And he goes to the prophet, what are we going to do? Elisha's response here in verse 16, I think is critical. So he answered, that's Elisha, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. See, the reason he needed his eyes open was so that he could see into the spirit, so that he could see 
and make a measure of who was for him rather than seeing in the natural and taking up the measure of who was against him. See, even in this situation, it's like, like you know what? We've been trying, the, the world, I don't know who, but someone, the devil probably, uh, yeah, it would be the devil, um, has been trying to scare us about COVID, right? And, you know, I don't know if you hear the thing. It's like you see these videos and they show you. It's like when one person with COVID, they cough. It's like so many million COVID cells, you know, viruses come out. And then they last for 20-something hours. In fact, if it's really cold, they can last for days and days. But that's another story. some water (laughs) but you see we've been like the scientists they're looking in the natural and they can see all of them COVID cells right all them viruses but this is what God would say to you there are more for you than against you There are more for you than against you, but you're only going to see that if you recognize that you need to stop, we need to stop measuring in the natural and start measuring in the spirit. We need to get to the point where we see into the spirit and we can discern in the spirit what it is that God is doing in our environment, what it is that God is doing around about us, because God is living and active. He is here. Everywhere I go, he comes with me. Sort of like, I don't know, I feel sometimes like I've got some sort of like, you know, shield. Anybody ever felt like that? You know, the devil will try to come and rob and kill and destroy, but there's a shield. It's like, I know for sure there's a shield on my house. Do you want to know how I know? I've told the story, you all know it. It's because when the fire hit my house, it managed to get two millimetres through the wood and no further. It ma- I mean, the windows blew out. Like, if you think about it, that is perfect access for the fire to go in the house, right? No fire went in the house. How can that be? No smoke went in the house. How can that be? No ash went in the house. How can that be? The insurance company sprinkling my house for me. That was great. <laughs> Found nothing. But actually, scientifically, te- I'm not talking like hearsay here. I'm actually talking about scientific fact. They actually tested the dust in my house. They tested it scientifically. There was no smoke and no ash. How can that be? There were three windows blown out. It's because there's a shield. Like the... You know, and when the, all the builders, fire people, and they all kept coming and looking at it confused, I just kept going, yeah, I have angelic insulation. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them said, yeah, you might. <laughs> so that's point one. I've got a second point. I'm not sure how much time have I got. Um, it doesn't, isn't saying you've, you know, it's not giving me a countdown. Um, point number two is this. Yeah, yeah. So point number one, God instructs us to measure in the spirit. And then point number two is that God warns us about measuring the wrong way. 
Because as if you remember what I said about what mum taught me, some things have got to be exacting and others need to be in abundance. And uh, just to, to sort of elaborate it further, um, you wouldn't measure how far it is from here to the Gold Coast with a 30 centimetre ruler, right? <laughs> It'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Take a while. Yeah, and if you're trying to lose weight, you can't measure that with a 30 centimetre ruler either, can you? Pardon? Yeah, walk. In Matthew chapter 7, if we're thinking about our exacting measurements, in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 2, it says, well, verse 1, I'll start from verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That's slightly scary, isn't it, Sandy? With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In Romans, it's, um, Paul picks this up in Romans chapter 2 as well. In Romans chapter 2, starting from verse 1 again, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are, who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn, you, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. I think that God has given us as, as his children two key measures. The first one is an exacting measure, which is in fact the measure of nothing at all. The measure where we decide that we're not going to measure. It's like if, I, if you take that thing of, you know, the, whatever you judge, you'll be judged. I, I think it's almost like there's like a zero, we talk about zero tolerance in measurement theory. There is a zero tolerance for sin in the Bible. But interestingly, there is also a zero tolerance for judgment, judging. That's us doing the judging. Because, of course, there is judgment. Let's not get that. Let's not confuse our, you know, inappropriateness of us judging with there being no judgment. And I think Matthew 7, 1, Matthew 7, 6, repeat these things for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter, no, 2 Corinthians, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So to us has been given the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. In one translation that actually says, not counting their sin. So God's ministry of reconciliation to us is that he doesn't count our sin. He does not measure our sin. And he's calling us to a zero tolerance of that sort of judgment because if that's his standard of his ministry of reconciliation, who am I to therefore decide that I know better than God? And make some sort of judgment about that. There is an exacting measure. In James, James tells us if you try to keep just a part of the law, 
You just miss one bit, you're guilty of the whole lot. And God warns us, you know, that in ourselves, in and of ourselves, it, we, we can't measure up. It is only through the reconciliation that comes from the blood of Jesus that we are able to go into the throne room boldly. We don't want to measure ourselves by any other measure than that measure. And we don't want to measure others by any other measure. But the measure that enables us to go boldly to the throne of God. Because if you go any other way, you're probably going to end up like Ananias and Sapphira. Which Peter preached about a few weeks ago. Who got struck dead. Think about it. It's not, it's not, I'm not talking here about a zero tolerance for judgment because it sounds like a nice thing. I'm talking about it because it sets us up to, be, you know, to, to actually be in the presence of God. There is no other way. And if that's the way that it is for me, then that's the way that it's got to be for everybody else around about me. And I think as I close and the musicians come, the second thing, getting back to what my mother taught me about the measuring by abundance. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says that God gives exceedingly abundantly beyond everything you could ask, think, or imagine. You see, if we are measuring in the spirit, I'm going to draw these two thoughts together. If we are measuring in the spirit, then what we have to measure is the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit, you can give them out abundantly. It's like, well, my grapefruit tree makes grapefruit, doesn't just make one. Makes a whole lot of them, more than I can deal with at the same time. That's why there's now frozen grapefruit in my freezer. Right? Because the tree is abundant when it fruits. And sometimes I think we get this backwards. We can be lovely and abundant in judgment and we forget that the abundance should be in the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Gareth Gilkerson said, and I think a lot of that comes down to um, we think that we're being sensible and mature people. Now that I've had a big birthday since I last preached and I'm now, you know, old and mature, we have these crazy ideas about what makes mature, right? And Gareth Gilkerson said this, serious, I'm, ser- I'm being serious right now. Serious is not a fruit of the spirit. Joy is. And I think there's a whole bunch of these. I wrote them, I've, I've, ma- I've been making them up. I'm not sure that I've got them all right yet, but here it is. Fairness is not a fruit of the spirit. Love is. Knowledge is not a fruit of the Spirit. Peace is. Honesty, I'm being honest with you right now, is not a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is. You don't have to honestly tell the person that their butt looks bigger than that. Waiting is not a fruit of the Spirit. 
patience is. Being right is not a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is. Success is not a fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness is. Being dignified, you know, now that I'm over 50, I've got to be dignified, is not a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness is. And finally, tolerance is not a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is. I don't know what I'm going to do with that because I'm not sure if I've got them all right yet, but I'm working on it. But I've realised this, is that so many of those things that we think make us mature, sensible people, you know, and it's not dignified for me at 50 to be doing such and such a thing, is not necessarily what God has called us to. You see, because God hasn't called us to be mature and, you know, sensible and dignified. He's called us to be passionate lovers of his church, of his family, and of the, say, of, of the lonely, of those that need salvation. And so I, that's my encouragement. That, okay. I need to realise that in the, in the natural, the measure of the Bible is larger than the lip. <laughs> that as we just come to close, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, but just to, just to be mindful of that, that God's called us. And he wants, it's not just, it's about what we measure and it's about how we measure. And as God is, has an abundance for us, an abundance for every person on this planet. And you know, we are the church, we are the hope of bringing that to fulfilment. What are we measuring in our lives today? Amen.